coming to you from thefightsite.com. It's the best damn jujitsu podcast ever. Say os again. Os. Welcome, everybody, uh, to another edition of the Say Oaks Again podcast. Uh, this is your host, Matt, and uh, once again, we are actually recording, surprisingly. Uh, as always, I'm joined by two very special guests. First, hailing from uh, Colorado or Indiana or whatever, uh, Tommy. <laughs> 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 it's a genuinely fucking funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Funniest thing you've ever said by far. My first, my first uh, LinkedIn connection, Tommy Elliott. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, that's all right. Uh, hi, Tommy. What's up, Tommy? Good, good evening. <laughs> the, the other, listen, the other idea the was I was going to try to speak in an Italian accent and just refer to you as T the entire time, like the soprano. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you went with option A. The problem is yeah. I couldn't to figure out like any. Nickname for Ben that starts with a B. That's also slightly Jewish. But also, on this uh, podcast, as always, we have uh, Marcelo Garcia, Purple Belt, uh, one of the best hobbyist gyms in the world. Uh, ben Cohen. Hey, God. I'm going to hurt you so badly. Oh, my God. I'm going to hurt you so badly. Ben, you speaking will... of hurting me, uh, today we actually uh, was just wrapped up the IBGJF Worlds. Our Nicholas Marigali was disqualified from both the ultra heavyweight and the absolute finals for flipping off a fan in the middle of the uh, uh, the match with Victor Hugo. Uh, we thought it was uh, actually flipping off Lovato. Uh, it turns out it was just a fan of the crowd. And the IBGJF disciplined him by removing him from the entire tournament. Uh, do either of you guys have thoughts on that? It's a very joyous move of him. You know, it's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, what the 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 IBJJF is way too heavy-handed about stuff like that. I mean, it's a sport. You know, it's a combat sport. You're expecting these guys to be saints, like, you know, no, that's that's not the case. And and certainly, when you look at some of the outside off the mat behavior of people that the IBJJF has been happy to allow to compete uh, and promote. You know, I don't really think they have a leg to stand on. It's it's stupid. You think they would ban Cyborg from competing going forward? I don't think so. I was going to say, like, no. Cyborg slapped Gordon about 19 times before he was disqualified. And it was yeah. just from the match, not even the absolute. Um, yeah, no, it's, for me, it, it kind of ruined the entire weekend. Um, especially because the end result, uh, not to spoil, or actually I'm going to spoil it. Uh, we're supposed to get Felipe Pena versus Marigali too. Um and Felipe Pena actually just retired uh, from at least competitive gi jiu-jitsu. Who knows if he'll do ADCC. There's rumors he'll do an MMA move. Uh, but we lost not only Marigali's chance of getting a uh, double gold. One of the, We've lost one of the best rematches uh, that we could have had in the sport. Mm-hmm. We don't get the last match of Felipe Pena 
is uh, a loss to Eric Muniz, who uh, actually had a phenomenal weekend. We'll get into that later. Uh, and just ended, you ended on a walkover in the absolute of worlds that we waited two years for. Uh, it, ju- it's, it's just sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this kind of encapsulates pretty much every, uh, most of the issues that people have with IBJJF as an organization, right? Yeah. Well, the gi will always disappoint yeah. you. I mean, you think yeah. about all, like almost all of the most highly anticipated gi matchups, when they happen, end up being really boring because guys are don't want to open up. I mean, you think about like Cobrini and Hoffa Mendez, you know, like there are highlights from their matches. There are many matches that look good, but like to actually watch them is incredibly boring uh, because yeah. neither one of them want to take any risks because they know if they if they don't nail it instantly, they're fucked. Right, the other guy's gonna kill. Him. So um, a lot of times, these elite matchups uh, in the gi end up being very, very dull. I do Which think is, though, yeah, Marigali yeah. and Penna are probably the one matchup that'd be insulated from it, from the fight that we've seen before and the yeah. styles in general. Unless maybe we, we get the occasional fifty and does nothing. We we get the occasional like uh, match like that where we have a gi match where like they're both gonna go for it, or you get guys like that in general who could just who always manage to bring out. You know, fantastic matches, but yeah, yeah. every Hidalfo versus yeah. Bochecha match was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also, can't, what I is can't this think me, you MMA boy? Stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's gonna suck for you when I destroy you when we roll in the gear, too, right? You know, I'm gonna smash the fuck out of you, right? Probably, yeah. I just want you to know this in the gear while you have a cross, uh, I have the collar sleeve grip, and nothing happens for you. I've been with so people that you have bad. I, I I urge you to attempt it so that I can fucking fireman carry through you. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah the the Marigali part um is kind of the most disappointing part of the weekend. Uh, but also yeah. part of that is Felipe Pena retiring uh, from sports jiu-jitsu. Uh, multiple time world champion. Uh, you think he's the last guy who's gonna be able to win both? Uh, Gi and no gi as it gets specialized a little bit more, uh, especially the ADC's absolute. No, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think at higher weight classes, because the talent pool has never been as deep there, um, specialization becomes a little less important. So I think it's it's very likely you'll see some heavier guys um, down the line do it. Um, you know, I I think it'll be hard at lower weight classes because there are just so many more guys competing in that lightweight division. I mean, the, and, and even up to middleweight, the talent's just, just there in a way it isn't the heavier weight. So you're going to have peak athletes in each discipline who are going to be hard for somebody trying to compete in both to defeat. Also, it would be interesting if, like, if as, as there's more um, money that comes into, like, being an actual athlete and who competes in jiu-jitsu, which we are seeing happen a little bit more these days, I think we'll be able to attract better athletes in general from other grappling sports more than we already are. So if we can get some really, really good wrestlers who can put the gi on and stuff like that, we might see some crossover as well. Um, judoka is uh, some, you know, but um, yeah, it's it's obviously always going to be rough to see that kind of success yeah. across both. Yeah, uh, and if I, I assume he'll probably do ADCC. I'd, I'd be pretty shocked if he doesn't. Uh, but from my understanding, he's looking either at a transition to MMA right now um, or just focusing on Nogi. Uh, yeah. Tom, if you want to speak a little bit about how his like 
what's his impact on Guy? And then I guess we can just go into his career. Uh, what do you mention the sport? How the fuck is he younger than me? <laughs> so upsetting. Uh, you get used to it. Um, oh. You know, his impact on Guy, I think... You know, he was somewhat of a of a technical innovator in some of the the fifty fifty positions, some of the leg entanglements among bigger guys. I think I don't know if it was even that that he was inventing stuff, but he was doing things that were more common at lighter weights and and playing that game. He was very good at that. Um, you know, I, I don't know, Matt. I, I got to be honest; like he doesn't really stand out to me as a technical innovator. I, I think of him as very much kind of a um, fairly meat and potatoes Gracie Baja guy in the sense that he has really good fundamentals, um, you know, really nice kind of classical open guard, um, good knee slice passing. I mean, he's just, he, he's really an all arounder to me. Um, I mean, do you, do you disagree with that? Do you have a different take on it? Honestly, you probably know more about uh, his gi game than I do. I, I wouldn't disagree at all that. Um, I think part of the thing that made him special is, uh, it, it, he was really, it was just every time you watched him in Gi, it was really like a flow. Um, he didn't have really a specific game other than taking the back. I mean, his back takes and back control are, I think, is what's going to stand the yeah. test of time. Uh, I, but he's better in no Gi with it, which we can also get into. Yes. Um, but, like, uh, the, I, always, like the, I always go back to the, the Pena Marigali first match. Uh, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. And it really showed, like, the dichotomy between, like, different styles of jiu-jitsu like marigali has this uh i wrote an article if you guys want to check it out on the fight site uh he's got a really tactical game that everything feeds into each other and he's these specific moves he does whereas marigali uh, sorry penna this is guard play and, and it's 50 50 there was always something new to the table that you couldn't really expect and uh i think that i, I i'll always think of him more as a nogi i think uh his the main i mean everyone will remember the absolute wins he had over Gordon. his two wins over gordon his absolute run defeating buchecha gordon um and i also the fact that he was able to win world titles both uh in gi and nogi uh, i wish we were able to see him a little bit more after the uh the, after tex um blew out his knee i wonder yeah. how much that really affected him uh, for that adcc match versus galval uh but from like what 2016 to 2018 I don't think there was a better grappler on the planet. No, I don't think so. I mean, um, he won, let's see, he won, <clears throat> he won ADCC in 2017, and then he won. And the Absolute. Yeah, the following, well, he just yeah. won the Absolute. He actually came in, he actually was silver in his division. Yeah. He um, also won the ACA, uh, but he, mm -hmm. that tournament, he choked out Hulk Barbosa, and that's, like, in Guy. And yeah. Hulk Barbosa is like people. Uh, I think that he get, Hulk gets a bad name for just being a physical force. He's 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 legit. His passing is extremely technical, but yeah, kind of dominated him in the game. Um, and it, it was it was that run. I think it was like 2015 to when Tex uh, hurt him. I like yeah, he, he's unstoppable. Uh, it's really sad that was he 29, 20, 28. He's 30. He's 30 years old. No, uh, yeah, he's 30. Sorry, he's he's, 30, yeah. he's a couple of months younger than me. I mean, but that's also the grappling game. Uh, when we get into the rest of the results, uh, it's really up and coming. Uh, new I hate the new, the new generation term in jiu-jitsu, but a lot of the rookie black belts this year really showed out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just 
it's disappointing that his Gi career ends with a loss in the finals and then a walkover when everyone is expecting this great matchup. Yeah. Uh, especially when Marigali had the chance. It's not to go back to Marigali. But Marigali beat Hugo Kynan, and he might have been able to beat Pena. Uh, I mean, that's probably the most, one of the most impressive absolute That runs. would have been a hell of a run, yeah. Absolutely. Especially since after Buchecha dominated for all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a sour note. But uh, also speaking on retirements, uh, the great Gabby Garcia uh, actually was submitted for the first time since Purple Belt. Gave up, uh, put her belt on the mat. Uh, will no longer be competing uh, in Gi. She said specifically she's focusing on EDCC and, um, and uh, MMA. So you guys have any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, you know, Gabby was bound to be kind of a prisoner of her physicality in some ways. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think she does have a very technical game, um, but I also think that, to a large extent, it's justifiable that she doesn't because her her size edge and her physicality edge was always such that she was never going to have to get very refined. And it's easy to rip on that and say, like, nah, you know, you should you should always strive for technical excellence. And that's true. But when you're primarily a competitor and your goal is to win and you developed a game that does that very consistently and nobody else can beat you, like it's it's actually somewhat hard to say that you're doing anything wrong. Um, right. you know, so yeah, I mean it's her style, one that I appreciate or or have a lot, think there's a lot to to draw from. Not really. Um, but I don't I don't think you can completely overlook her as a competitor just because of because she was such a physical force. Um, you know, even when she was up against other big strong women, she, she still won. Um, you know, so she she had enough to to have the career she had, and you know, best of luck. I won't miss watching her compete, but um, you know, she you can't take away the wins, even if you can say it's kind of a result of, of physical attributes. She still went out there and won it. Yeah, I, I, I would say it's one of the most exciting things when she loses. It, it is. It, it definitely has that exciting. Yeah, because yeah. like no matter who. Yeah, even though, listen, she's been competing. I, 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 I don't know if shit under the person. I'm sure she's just a lovely person. But no, by all accounts, she's actually super, super is, nice. Yeah, yeah. But seeing someone overcome such a physical force. I mean, we've seen it a couple times this year. I mean, who's number yeah. one? Was it Amanda Levy? It was like a brown belt meter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was, um, that, was yeah. that was the who's number one. Yeah, um, she also lost at uh, I think was it Bianca Basilio? I think at um, a different. No, she lost to Beatrice. Uh, uh, Beatrice. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. That was her last two losses before Amanda. Um, yeah, it's not. She's thirty six too. It, so. It's listen. Yeah, she's she's thirty six. She slimmed down a ton. So a big portion of this is also like we have to keep in mind. Like when she was competing at her prime, she was. Probably a good 30, 40 pounds heavier than she is now. Yeah. She yeah. is really, and she's still obviously a bigger woman, but she is very slimmed down. And that makes a big difference. Thicker. When, what? Thicker? Yes. Um, but, you know, when your entire style is kind of built around your physicality and you remove about, uh, you know, 40 pounds worth of it, <laughs> yeah. it matters. That makes a big difference. So, um, you know, uh, sure career is stands as it is she beat pretty much everyone she could and no matter what you can't take that away from her so yeah i mean a really disappointing weekend for uh combat sport female goats um 
But enough of the depression stuff. Uh, let's get into the results for IBJF Worlds. Uh, yeah. Other than the ending, uh, it was a pretty fun event. Uh, a lot of color belts. Uh, the wars at, per- at Blue Belt and Purple Belt I was watching this year were amazing. Uh, but let me get into the results for the black belts. Uh, the men, Mikey Musumeci defeats Bruno Malfazzini. Uh, 6-2. Mikey now becomes a four-time world champion. Uh, quick question. Is Mikey the greatest American grappler of all time? Well, certainly in the gi he is. Ben? Um, I'm struggling to think of anybody who's comparable. I mean, there, there I isn't. I put JT over him, honestly. I forgot JT's. Maybe, uh, maybe JT yeah. all round, you know, given his ADCC performance. Yeah, um, but that's why I specifically go, yeah. said in the gi. In the right. gi, I was yeah. this JT is is more like because of those ADCC wins is 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 what yeah. places him in that extra tier, right? Yeah. So if you take those away, uh, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. see how Mikey says he's doing ADCC. I don't really think he's. JT hasn't. Three. Has JT won a Worlds? No. Yeah. Uh, didn't he? I thought Torres. Nogi. Nogi. Nogi Worlds. He hasn't won Gi Worlds yet. So, yeah, definitely can't. I he did one, yeah. Yeah. I just checked. No. no. He's, he won. Closest he's come twice. a silver. He's yeah. come sil- silver. He's gotten pretty... silver twice and he, bronze. He, he won Pans okay. twice. He's won Nogi Worlds, Pan Nogi, Euros, and then uh, he came in second place at Worlds in 2014. So I, I, he's not going to add. I don't think he didn't even do. He didn't do worlds this year. I think he's completely focused just on ADC, on no ADCC, which, which he I mean he should be. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, but uh, I mean yeah. Uh, I mean what else? Dude, is there? he's got th- yeah in the gi. There's no one. There's no way he's got three world titles already. Mikey. Four, four, uh, uh, four today, including right? this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This year. Um, yeah, and so, uh, Malfasini once again loses. Uh. It was much more dominant than last time. Last time was one of the actually the best matches of the tournament. Uh, Right now, the only people I could see maybe challenging him, I guess maybe Taliesin, but even then, uh, as long as Mikey's there, I I don't see anyone. I mean, I love Hashimoto. I love Andrade, but Mikey's just a a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He plays the game for that weight class so well. I mean, he's just such a... I hate that style. Like, I don't find it aesthetically pleasing, but... He's the best one at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that was Roosterweight. And the light featherweight division. Friend of Unity. Actually, Unity. Uh, friend of Unity. Not Unity, but friend of Unity. Well, okay, so he's not registered <laughs> at, at Unity because Morello is such a great teacher. Apparently, we just everyone doesn't register as Unity for some reason. Uh, Diego Pacho Oliveira beats Malachi Edmund. I was up 11 nothing before. I think he finished him with a... Uh, an armbar, Katakatami, I think. I, I forget which one, but he was up dominated. I mean, huge year for Pato. Uh, he won EUG, Nogi Worlds, European, um, second Jiu-Jitsu Con. I mean, he's 24. He's going to do uh, ADCC at uh, 66 at the Brazilian Trials. Uh, really looking forward to his matches with uh, Ronaldo Barenga. Uh, have you guys watched any of Pato by chance? No. How many years has he been competing as a black belt? I think this is like second or third year. He's 24. Okay. 2019 is when he debuted as a black yeah. belt. Yeah. But no, he's been dominant. I mean, he's knee-barred Cisneros as one of the best submissions of the year. Um, really dominant guy. Nice. One of the nicest guys in the world. Um, he's got a really good Barambolo game, especially with uh, Worm Guard. So if you play any lapels and you're looking to play some delegate with that, really recommend going through his matches. He's just been dominant everywhere this year. Uh, Has there been... 
has there been a time like in jiu-jitsu where like the young guys have really taken over kind of like this? Was that like two, three I don't years think ago? so. I, uh, I don't know. Like, cause like no, Diego's I mean, 23 and, and Mikey's. Oh, uh, oh I'll, yeah, get to the, I'll get to the rest because it, it, halfway through the tournament, it was rookie black belt after rookie black belt. Yeah. I was going to say, right. you know, I, admittedly having, I have not kept up on the gi game the way I have the, the no gi game in the last year or two really since the start understandably, of the understandably. But, uh, you're wrong but okay yeah um <laughs> my, t- my time is worth too much Matt. unlike yours so um it, right, but going down the time. list but going down the list it's amazing how many of these names i don't recognize even just since you know worlds in 2019 um it's just shocking the degree of turnover uh, because historically, I don't think that's really what you've seen. It's kind of been weight class by weight class, but it's been very common um, in any given year at Mundials that half the the weight class winners on the men's side will be people who who will who have or will end up winning like three or four five world titles. Part of this, I think, also has to be attributed to the fact that there hasn't been a world in about two and a half years. Yeah, definitely. So. Um... Yeah, no, but it, it's it, it definitely was a uh, a tournament. I I hate the term generations of jujitsu because everyone applies it every two years. But uh, I mean, rookie black belts ran the show. And speaking of, uh, this was I believe the what was it the light featherweight division? Uh, Fabricio Andre defeats uh, uh, the featherweight Taylor division. By light, light featherweight was was Pato. Sorry, featherweight. Yeah, Fabricio Andre beat uh, Shane Jamel Hill Taylor by triangle. Uh, it took about a minute for him to hit it. Uh, world champion oh. rookie black belt under Melky Galvao. Uh, he's Michael Galvao's main training he's partner. fighting out of fight sports, so let's... Uh... Oh, he's actually from Alliance. But, yeah. You know what sucks? He was boy, dude, he's younger than my sister. Holy shit. I feel it's crazy, right? It's honestly insane, like, what we're seeing these days, I feel like. It's... I get it. I get it that it's the gi. Yeah. So, like, to me, I'm less interested, but it's pretty fucking crazy, for lack of a better term. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I try, I mean, I, I'm around these guys, like, I mean, Jefferson Guarci, Diego, Pato. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, you see, I even see in the gym where, like, I'll see people come by, like, world champions, and it's the young guy, Leandro. But I'll, I'll say that for a different story. Um, but um, speaking of moving on, uh, lightweight, actually not rookie black belts. No. Canuto and no. Mateus Gabriel close out. Uh, for those who don't know, Mateus Gabriel actually was a rookie black belt winner of featherweight in the previous worlds. Uh, something <laughs> Hoffa Mendez hasn't done or Cobrinha. Um, but yeah, he was able to close out with Hanato Canuto. Uh, pretty happy for Hanato, honestly. Yeah, he, I, I've always liked uh, liked his matches a lot. I like his style. Ben, anything on that? Prefer the nogi, but that's just me. Always, but I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's honestly it is nice to see. Um, Nato's pretty cool. Also, yeah. he submitted Jake Shields, so that's always that's always something to cheer for. That's fair. Um, Mateus uh, Gabriel, yeah. I'm a huge fan of. Um, he's got a really good inversion game. Uh, basically, he plays from um, Reverse Alhiva. What? No, my computer just had a oh. spaz attack. What oh. the hell's going on? Yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. I wrote an article about him a while ago. I mean, the achievements Mateus Gabriel's racking up, I mean, 
two worlds, two world titles. Uh, you can close out with Hanato. Uh, one featherweight, lightweight. I mean, he's 23, I think. Um, he's an absolute phenom. One of the most technical guys. 50-50, uh, he's just a killer. And I've seen him armbar people from 50-50 multiple times. Like, um, it's, a, it's, it's a new generation. I mean, uh, there's not much more you can say. And this guy who came up next, uh, who won next, I think, is the best of them. Tynan Dalpra, the AOJ phenom. He's yeah. Isaac Behintz. Uh Tynan actually beat my favorite, um, my personal coach, Jefferson Guarasi, with a brutal knee bar. Um, it's pretty impressive, beat. honestly. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson yes. won Nogi uh, Worlds, Nogi Pans. Yeah. Um, it's not his first time beating Jefferson either. Yeah. I mean, they, so, and Jeff, Jefferson's no joke. No. And the thing is, also, I, uh, Tynan, Jefferson gave Tynan the hardest match. Um, mm-hmm. He got him from 50-50, but Jefferson was on top most of the match. Tynan couldn't sweep him. Um, but it was just, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. This, guy, this kid is, I mean, the only guy he lost to, I think, at Black Belt so far has been Mikey, uh, Michael Galval. He's fucking like and Michael Galval, Mikhail, yeah, dude. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. And Michael this Galval is... didn't even compete at Worlds this year. I mean, it was absolute... Uh, it's it's I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, uh, I think he went at the end coming actually up for a single, and uh, Isaac ran out of bounds. Uh, have you been able to watch any of Titan, Tommy? I've seen a little bit, but not really enough to comment on his game extensively. Okay, I actually want to do. A, I might do an article on him later. Have a time, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, he was uh, his main attacks from the, uh, this world was he was playing a lot of fifty fifty coming up from there. They're going to the back or coming up. Um, his passing is usually. Uh, his main weapon. I mean, I remember he beat Ito Amora like 29 nothing. Like, Ito Amora is beating world champions. Uh, yeah. But Tynan, I mean, I mean, that whole AOJ crew, like, Kolobata, I know we haven't talked about the ADCC trials at all, but uh, Cole and Tynan, I mean, it, it's so, it's, it, I, I, you're at a loss. Matt, are you okay? What? Are you okay, bro? I don't think it is okay. <laughs> I'm a little worried about you right now. Well, I'm just looking. It's like, listen, out of everyone, Pato was his first or second Worlds. Parisi Andre, first Worlds. Gabrielle, second Worlds. Tynan, first Worlds. Next one, medium heavy, Gustavo Batista and Hulk Barbosa uh, closed out. Um, actually, the thing I want to talk about the semifinals, uh, Leandro Lowe kind of got fucked, I'm not going to lie, in uh, the semis. Did you guys watch either of those matches? No. Oh, no, no. I, so, I haven't you know, been able to catch any of the matches. Yeah. So, you know how Leandro does that thing where he just avoids being taken down by skirting um, yeah. outside? He basically finally got penalized for that. Uh, he was up 2 nothing. Uh, six seconds left. The ref uh, gave two points to Gustavo. And then uh, Gustavo won by ref decision. Uh, wow. Also in that division, Murillo had a, had a really good run. Uh, it, was really, it was really fun watching him. I lost by uh, one advantage. Uh, he's passing most of the time, but uh, both of his matches, I mean, it, it looks like Jim Morello, like all the stories you hear about him. Yeah, uh, it, it, was, it was really, I was really impressed by him. Uh, his yep. match with uh, the other Munis brother, uh, just the stack passing is so, so devastating. Uh, but that was at medium heavy, then heavyweight Kaya Duarte, yeah, uh, 15 seconds in, mounts uh, Luan Azevedo, and uh, took his back and then finished the. The choke in uh, two minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, the real question I have, does Kynan pop this time for PEDs? <laughs> I mean, 
Probably think, not because they just do one piss test, right? Well, he popped last time and was suspended. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Well, hopefully no, he's got I'm his, saying uh, probably not. And I, I got to imagine no. he was able to time this. I was going right? to say, he'll, he'll get his cycles under control. I hope so. For sure. But yeah, I mean, Kynan and Gee. Uh, that's another match. Kynan versus Pat. Has there been a Kynan Pat match? Um, I, I don't. To, I don't think, think so. so. That feels like something that that would have. Uh, I'm looking at his record now. I don't. I don't see one. Yeah, um, he, he 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 didn't. Had a lot of matches with Marigali. Who? He's losing to Marigali. Kynan. Yeah, because yeah, Marigali is the best. I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you. I'm just giving your boy the props. That he I was gonna say, like, this is how I'm gonna get disqualified at IBJJF, isn't it? Nah, he never. He never had anything with Pena. Also, yeah, no, you're gonna get disqualified because you're gonna slap somebody. Dope. Um, but super heavyweight, another rookie black belt. Actually, the yeah. last world, he was a purple belt. I would say Nunes is probably the uh, probably the grapple of the tournament. Defeated Felipe Pena. Won his super heavyweight fight uh, against Felipe Andrew, who at the time, uh, I think coming in, was the number one IBJF ranked athlete in the world. I mean, Munis racked up advantages. I think it was 4-4 with eight advantages uh, from Munis. I mean, didn't he almost beat, did he beat Adolfo at, um, at uh, Spider? Who? Munis. I know he had a really, either had a, uh... either one or had a competitive fight. I'm going to have to check that one up. With Adolfo? Also, Rissy said, hi, Matt. Oh, what's up, Rissy? And hi, Tommy, as well, obviously. Let me see, because one of the, yeah. Give your wife my best. Will do. No, I'm thinking Uh, the other Munis brother. uh, No, no, no. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought so. He did not. He did not. Yeah. But Munis, I mean, he's beat Victor Hugo before. Uh, Pete Wardzinski. I mean, Herbert Sanchez. He's only got two losses. Oh, he did fight Pena. Yeah, oh, he lost, he lost by, him. He lost him. My that that was uh, at BJJ Stars, but he beat him in in Worlds at uh, Worlds. Kind of last yeah, well, yeah, 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 obvious. Yeah. What about before? I mean, the last Worlds, he's a purple belt. Jesus, that's so fucking crazy. Yeah. That's good though. Away. As this we'll first get to match was as we'll get to that's the way it people. should be. Yeah. Yeah. As we'll get to that, yeah. yeah. Uh, ultra heavyweight Nicholas Marigali disqualified after flipping off the crowd. Yeah. Max Jimenez versus Victor Hugo. Victor Hugo submits Max Jimenez with a toehold. Um, and then the absolute ends with Felipe Pena walking on the mat, dropping the uh, the belt down, retiring. Uh, when it comes to the women, I believe, I know Maisa Bastos from Unity uh, won her second world title as her way to become the best roosterweight of all time. Uh, let's see. Kemi, I think... Uh, yeah, Anna Rodriguez defeated Tammy Musumeci. Uh Gabby McComb uh, beat Bianca Basilio. Uh, did they, did they actually time. compete? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she took her uh, Basilio down. Nice. Uh, Beatrice, again, takes her 10th world title yeah. uh, from Man. Louisa Montero. That's amazing. Uh, Anna Can- uh, Carolina Vieira beats Elizabeth Clay. Um, ref decision. Uh, the absolute Gabby Pisana, I think, beat uh, Yara Suarez, and that was twice to claim double gold uh, in the women's titles. 
So that was the uh, result from Worlds. Uh, but another interesting thing happened actually involving Unity. Uh, one of my teammates from Blue Belt, who uh, won at Roosterweight, posted on uh, Reddit that uh, he won IBF Worlds, and people were not happy. Uh, might have been the fact he's been training for probably about like 10 years now. Uh, bringing up, Reddit's bringing up the idea of sandbagging. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to it, I think we all have some different ideas uh, when it comes to it. Uh, Tom, do you want to talk about that? Start off and then I'll do my Yeah, thoughts. sure. Um, I think it's, I think it's, so first of all, there's a question of does sandbagging happen? And that's actually not as easy to answer as you might think. Um, so does it happen sometimes? Yeah. How widespread is it? widespread is it and how big of an issue is it at the highest levels of color belt competition? I really think that a lot of it is less about sandbagging per se. And when we say sandbagging, it should be very clear, that's not people sitting at a belt for a long time. That's people sitting at a belt longer than their skill level would uh, suggest, simply for the purpose of winning medals at that belt level, right? That is, that is what sandbagging is. Um, I've done some tenure blue belts who definitely deserve to be tenure blue belts. But if, you know, if you stay a blue belt intentionally for nine years because you want to win IBJJF Worlds at blue belt, that is probably sandbagging. <laughs> um, so how often does it happen? Well, look, not that many, nobody that I know of has ever won like four, five, however many colored belt um, titles. Now, I believe, in fact, the IBJJF um, took action against that and, and made it mandatory that you couldn't compete at the same belt level, what, more than twice? twice. Yeah. Twice. So it's it's functionally not even possible. That? I think it's if you win. No, if you, you can't win twice. Yeah, you have to win. Yeah, yes, that's correct. I'm saying, when did they implement that? Because I'm pretty sure um, Devante was at least a two-time world champion before he went and moved up to Brown. That's right. If you win twice, you have to move up. Right. So... Yeah. Was he two or do they count Gi and, and no Gi together? No. Oh, separately. So if you could win, you have to win two in the Gi. Yeah. So if you do one and then one, okay, fine. So it doesn't count. Uh, bring up Devante. Are you accusing Unity Jiu Jitsu of sandbagging? Um, since Reddit does. Uh, not that particular one, but there's another one. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't. I guess it really does depend on your 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 definition of sandbagging, right? Like you said, like um, specifically to podium or win, right? Like if you're a competitor, right? Like like I think Tommy will even agree with this. If you're winning world championship at brown belt, you're, you're already a black belt for sure. Like you can compete with those guys. You are competing with those guys. You those are your main training partners at the gym anyway, right? So. For the most part, that obviously applies to the lower belts, too. If you're winning world championships at blue belt, you're competing with most purple belts, the vast majority of them. Well, so, honestly, if you're winning world championships at blue belt, you're uh, you're beating most purple belts at most Correct, games. right. Um, and you would certainly no, have – you would almost always, with the possible exception of brown and black, and even then I think usually this is not true, but if you win your belt level, you almost certainly would have been competitive in the weight class – a belt level above you. Um, so, right. Which I think kind of defeats the purpose of what this is in, in yeah. some capacity. Yeah. So, 
it's just one of the issues, quote unquote, with the sport of jiu-jitsu and what it's kind of become. Yeah. So, I, is it an issue? Yes, if you want to look at it in the purest sense, but no, in like it's just the way it is at this point, and nothing's really going to change about it. Well, I, I, I don't actually think it happens that much, to be honest. Like, I think it's maybe more common at lower levels, like mm. regional levels, where guys want to stay a, low, a lower belt because they just don't feel like going up to the next belt level. You know, they like being competitive in tournaments and winning tournaments, and so they just do it. I think most guys who are very high level and who are winning colored belt world titles, it's not like there's any money in that, right? Like you, right. they, they want to get promoted. They want to get to the point where they can start getting invites to, um, to invitationals where they can start competing for money. And that mostly occurs at the black belt level. There are obviously opportunities for colored belts to compete for money as well. Um, and with the the, the prevalence of, uh, of Nogi as the, um, the place where you can actually make money grappling and obviously belt color not mattering there, um, it's not as much of an issue. But, you know, look, you get your black belt, that's, that's a thing that you are almost certainly going to have to do before you become really high profile in the community. Oh, for sure. Uh, one thing yeah. I think that they could change that would maybe like eliminate this as it ever potentially going an issue because like two world title, like if you win the world championship, like you're already like, what, what's the point? Like, what do you need another one? Like, I, yeah. I don't, I think it should be like, honestly, if you podium at the world's, you're neck. You can't compete at this level again because there's no. Yeah, that would be fine. Because, like, let's say you you took second, right? And the guy who won Worlds gets his next belts. Oh, I'll stay here so I can win hopefully Worlds next year because I was having a hard time beating that guy. If you're podiuming at all, one time at the World Championships at a belt level, move up. There's no point. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Yeah. Be I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot less diplomatic. I think every like the whole argument is pretty fucking stupid. Um, I get it if it's on the local scene, that's different. Uh, but when you talk about world championships, I mean, the problem is jiu a sport. You're not, we don't separate pros and amateurs um, in any True. sport, in, in any competition whatsoever. And even in the gym. So the guys who are meddling, if, if you're doing worlds, Euros, Brazileros, or Pans, like the guys you're going to meddle are full-time competitors. Mm -hmm. So, and I think a lot of it is people with this faint hope that they might win worlds and get mad that other people have dedicated a career to it and that they're not. And it kind of annoys me because I see all the work that the guys put in who are full-time competitors. And I think people getting mad that, listen, like there, there's not like a competitive blue belt. Like I usually fuck up most hobbyist brown belts I've seen. Like that's, that's just how it goes. Uh, especially at the top, I'm talking about the top gyms in the world. Um, so. Right, but, but but none of that changes the fact that if we're talking about, you know, the, what what is what does a world title blue belt mean to you then, or a purple belt or brown belt? Like because like if, again, if you're just going to be like, well, I'll just keep trying at the same level until I actually but do I'm it. Saying is like, I and don't then think... what's it doesn't mean anything at the in the grand scheme of things, right? Like yeah, it's it about, means it's something. About in, development through the ranks. Like I think the but guys is it really? Like... What is the difference in development between somebody yeah. who? Got second at brown uh, at purple belt, then got first, and then got first again next year. What level of development oh, have you I seen that you I, wouldn't I see if they get brown belt? I think belt. if you win, it should be an automatic promotion. But I think if people are mad that someone like Varun won the fir for the first time, the first time he entered the world at, uh, at blue belt, if people get mad at that because he's been trading for so long, it's kind of stupid because he's going to be moved up as soon as possible. Well, this actually seems like a like 
if there is sandbagging, this seems like an instance of it. Because if this guy's been a blue belt for nine, he's been training for nine years. He's not he's, been a blue belt for nine years. He's been, he's been a blue belt since 2017, and he's been training for 10 years, supposedly. Well, okay, whatever. But if he's been training for 10 years, and he's at a skill level where, by you just said, Matt, and I think you're correct, that he would probably fuck up most hobbyist brown belts, why isn't he at least a purple belt? Why hasn't he been a purple belt for several years? Was the intention of him not getting promoted to give him a chance to win worlds? I mean, because if that's the case, yeah, that's sandbag. That's the definition. If you're going to be a competitor, like a pro competitor, like it's not a hobbyist thing. Well, it's not so much about that. Like, I don't know. Because like, to me, if like, excuse me, I just, if you're only upset and I think people just accusing it because they're insecure about their own shit. Like, I, it's just, I don't care. Like, I don't think you should care. That's fine. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about it as a, as a broader topic, right? Like, if you're so good that you're one of the top three in your world at your weight class, you're not a, you're not a fucking belt color that you were. You're just not. It's, it's pointless. You're not gaining anything by getting the chance to win that, that medal again. In fact, I'm not saying I you think it's do the it opposite. Again. I, mean, the I think it's the opposite. The first time. I would say it's the opposite. If anything, it would, mo- if, from my perspective, if you're such an incredible competitor, if you only get one fucking chance before you have to move to the next belt level, if you're at that, like fi- those finals matches, and you know that if you fail and you podium, but you don't win that gold, you're now at the next belt level. That would motivate them, if anything, that they're going to take that fucking chance much more seriously. For clarification, to, I got four fucking chances. World. Well, and, I, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm, I don't care that it was his first Worlds. My, my question is, if he's been training that long, look, if somebody shoots up the ranks, right, and they just train their ass off, and they get their blue belt, and they train their ass off for a year, year and a half, whatever, go to Worlds and win, get promoted, okay, fine. The fact that they got really good really fast... There are IBJJF minimum time in, in grade requirements, um, and there is a long history in jiu-jitsu of people generally sitting on each belt at least for about two years. There have obviously been many exceptions to that, but I think for most most coaches, it's kind of a rule of thumb, even for really good guys. And to an extent, that's to kind of encourage humility in the gym, frankly, I think, and to, to force people to take a more long-term view of things. But um, leaving that aside... So, you know, I have no problem with that. But if you've been training for nine years and you're that good, you should have been promoted a while ago. And what's the reason that he wasn't? I mean, that's – and I'm not asking you to answer that, Matt, because that's obviously not a position I can put you in. But if it's because, hey, he's super talented, but his attendance was really inconsistent and he'd just show up before a tournament and go, yeah, he'd win, but, like, he wasn't committed. Okay, if that was the way it was, you know, on and off for years, and then he got really committed and got to this level, like, fine. But if it's like, no, he's been in the gym grinding, like he's been doing well at, you know, tournaments below worlds, like, you know, clearly has the skill levels beating up purple brown belts in the gym. Um, even if it's in a gym like Unity and he's, you know, beating up, beating purple belts or very competitive purple belts, like he should have been promoted. And I have to wonder if the reason he wasn't um, was just that they wanted to give him a chance to win worlds. And again, I don't expect you to comment on that, Matt, even if you know. Um, but it, it certainly seems very questionable to me. Yeah. All, all I'm going to, uh, all the only thing I'll comment on the end is I just think, I think there's, because of the situation of jujitsu where there's no separation between hobbyists and pros, um, I think sandbagging is 
people, I think there's there's no clear definition for everything. It's all abstract. Uh, like I see the point of, yeah, I would say like there are people at pro gyms, like you, know, you probably should be at a belt class higher or two. Uh, but it's also their pros. Like I wouldn't expect them to to go right to black belt, even though if they could beat a lot of hobbyist black belts. But well, I just think the belt system is kind of silly for competitors, honestly. Uh, oh yeah, but I, I think it's I, I think that's I think that would that should definitely be. I don't know. No right I, I think you're right. I, I, I think, think it's necessary, but also like, man, you're kind of right. Like at this point, it's just fucking pointless. There are blue belt guys who legitimately fuck up black belts. Yeah, good I mean, black if, belts. If, if you wanted to have like a a white belt division, a blue and purple belt division, and a brown and black belt division at Worlds, I would be fine with that. That becomes kind of a you know beginner. I mean, obviously at a mundial yeah. level, but uh, a beginner. Um, you know, an, an intermediate and then pro. And you Excellent, can think of it yeah. an analogous to something like the AAU, um, the NCAA, and then the NBA, right? Like, where, yeah, there are, skill, there are skill gradations, but they're catching kind of the largest gaps in skill. But you're not trying to, like, subdivide where yeah. it's, you know, kind of pointless. Also can make for a lot more interesting quote unquote upsets, right? Like where brown belts are beating black belts in world championship yeah. settings. Much more consistent. I mean, that's, that was Copa Podio. Right. I, I just think it'd be a lot more fun to just create a lot more interesting dynamics with these things. But personally, I think we should just scrap the gi, but that's a separate issue. Well, the problem is Jiu-Jitsu yeah. isn't would a sport and belts are just marketing tools. So, oh, yeah, that's true. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, if Orlando Sanchez can walk in, if Orlando Sanchez can walk into ADCC every two years and just podium. Yeah, just podium every time by beating guys who have been training their asses off for fucking ever. And what what is this dumb sport anyway? I still keep waiting for I keep waiting for for more good wrestlers to come into into submission grappling for ADCC and Dude, Hudson Taylor walked in as a as a replacement. With no time to prep as a purple belt and nearly beat Cyborg. Yeah, I mean, so, Weidman almost, Weidman it, had a legendary Weidman match almost, against yeah. Galvao, having John been training Olav for like Edema, a couple of years. Well, he, he was. Olav, was a jiu-jitsu guy, though, no? I was going to say, he was, he was a jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu guy. Who was the Michigan, who was the Michigan wrestler I'm thinking of? Michigan? I mean, Mike Van Arsdale did really well back in the day. But he was he also Michigan, a sub-grappler, too. Yeah, he was a good wrestler, and he was also, he was an Olympic alternate, no? Or something like that, or an Olympian, or, or something like that. But he was also like a proper grappler too. Who, he, he Mike Van Arsdale? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, totally. he was a really good grappler. Um, but fucking Tito Ortiz took third in ADCC, and and he beat Matt Hughes to do it. Yeah, whatever. But, uh, Matt Hughes, Matt Hughes. Who did he beat? He beat some good grapplers in ADCC. Yeah, well, because because wrestling, being good at wrestling is more important than being good at jujitsu. True, ADCC. Like if you're, it's submission wrestling. If you're a yeah. really good wrestler with a good, but you know maybe it's not your best thing, but a good submission game and certainly a good submission defense game. For sure, you, you can beat guys who are fucking awesome at jujitsu and not very good wrestlers. You know, that's I mean, why, you don't even have to be. A that's good why Marcelo is Nick Rodriguez, dude. That's why Marcelo's the goat. Yeah. Like, that that's that's why. Like I don't really. I value an ADCC win much more than an IBJJF win. Oh yeah, anything. Yeah, not even close. And and anything. he beat like actual fucking elite wrestlers in his runs as well. So yeah, I yeah. mean, I was watching the Rico match today because I got sad. After <laughs> <Marcon>. <laughs> it's too bad uh, I can't like love Marcelo because of you, but yeah. 
What I you should love him. You play his game and it works. Everyone loves Marcelo. Shut up. Yeah, he's so nice. Except for a couple people. <laughs> all right. That's our episode of uh, Sales again. As you can tell, we all hate this fucking sport. Free Marigali. And uh, see you in another fucking six months. <laughs> Peace. Does anyone, wait, does anyone want to yell penis instead of me? It's okay. No, we're good. I think it's you. All right. I think it's-